0: Hello and welcome to the PPW Pod, bringing you news, views, and interviews from the real estate marketplace and prop tech industry every week. Joining me today are Online Marketplace's writer, Harvey Hancock. Afternoon, Harvey. Good afternoon, Ed. Great to be back. And Simon Baker, former CEO of REA Group. Again, relevant that title for today's
1: podcast. How are you doing, Simon? I'm very well, German. Great to see you. And I'm looking forward to chatting about uh, vendor paid markets.
0: Yeah, that's what we're talking about today. Vendor paid markets. Um, We'll get to what we mean by vendor paid markets in a minute, but the reason we're talking about it today specifically is because this week, as we're recording two pieces of news have caught my eye, which basically come from the fact that the two real estate portals in question have vendor paid markets. Um, Actually, why don't you explain to us Harvey for people who don't know what is a vendor paid market and why is it so
1: interesting?
2: Yeah, sure. So vendor paid markets are very few and far between. They're uh, quite a rarity in the real estate world. And it basically means that when you're selling a house, you, the seller, are personally footing the bill for the advertising costs of marketing your property. Uh, the biggest examples are Australia and Sweden. Um, for example, in, with, if you're selling a home in Sweden with Hemnet, you're going to be paying the cost of advertising your property. It might be the agent doing the work, but you're paying the final bill. Um, not very common, but very interesting, and it opens a lot of avenues for uh, extra revenue, as we're about to find out with uh, with Hemnet in particular. I spoke with the CPO of Hemnet, uh, Francesca Cortesi, last year. She gave me a great insight into what they're doing at Hemnet to maximize the revenue they get from their listings from the uh, consumer base that they're using and the vendor paid market uh, model that they're operating in. Um, some very interesting stuff to come out of it. And I think it's going to be a really interesting conversation.
0: Yeah. Hemnet is one of the things that has happened this week. They released their numbers for Q4 of the 2023 final year. And I'm going to share my screen with you guys a minute, just so you can see uh, just what a bumper year it was for Hemnet. <laughs> Um, one particular result, one particular metric. So that's their their financials, which are obviously looking pretty healthy. But this graph here is one of the most impressive graphs in our industry at the moment. This is the average revenue per listing that Hemnet makes. Uh, can you guys see, are you looking at the graph that I'm looking at?
2: I am indeed. And it's the literally going off the scale. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So the headline is they have more than tripled the average revenue that they generate per listing uh, since, well, in the last three years. And they've been able to do this basically because they work in a vendor paid market. Um, We'll start with that. We'll get into the other um, piece of news that's come out this week a little bit later on. But Simon, why don't you tell us, as someone who has run a real estate portal in a vendor paid market,
1: just what an advantage this is? Sure. So, so vendor paid markets are fantastic uh, in, in the, the way that your customers, the real estate agents, are not the ones paying your advertising bill, right? In reality, they're your outsourced sales force and they are selling your products and services to the vendors. Now, that is an amazingly great opportunity, especially if you package things up well. And it works well for a couple of reasons. One is, instead of asking a real estate agent um, to give up part of their commission uh, to pay you for the advertising, which is always very hard because you're trying to extract money out of their their pocket, um, they are then going to the vendor and on top of their commission, they are adding your um, advertising bill. The second is that the person who's paying the vendor, the person selling the house, is someone who is looking at the real estate agent for advice and guidance. Now that real estate agent, because you only sell your house every five, six, seven, eight years. So it's a rare experience and it's your biggest asset and you're probably quite fearful of underselling it, as in under maximizing, not maximizing the price you get. So what happens is the agents are very good at leaning on the vendors to get them to pay an advertising bill, which is now not in the hundreds of dollars or euros per property, but in the thousands. And uh, in Australia, the rule of thumb is you pay roughly um, 2% commission to the agent and roughly just under 1% in advertising of the property. So if you're selling a million-dollar property, that's $10,000 on advertising that you might end up paying to market the property. So that's great. And then the other thing that's fantastic for the agents is that their brand is all over the advertising because this house is brought to you by, insert the real estate agent's name. So they're actually getting the vendor, the home seller, to pay for the promotion and the branding of the real estate agent. So all in all, this is a fantastic market if you're the portal because you now have an outsourced sales team. So we'll take Australia as a great example of this. Um there are about uh ten to twelve thousand real estate offices and around about thirty thousand odd salespeople. So if you're a portal, you really have thirty thousand salespeople working for you, selling your products and services. Now that's that that becomes a fantastic outcome, and we've seen that in the results of uh, realestate.com.au where they're getting my rough estimates around 2000 dollars of household. In the country okay just in um marketing fees so i think that's a that's a that's a great outcome if you're fortunate enough to operate in a market that is a vendor paid advertising market
0: okay i have several questions um we'll start with let's say i'm a real estate agent in australia there are there's obviously more than one real estate portal in australia how many portals would i typically work with and how would i break it down to the vendor would i say listen you're probably gonna to have to pay, I don't know, two grand to be on realestate.com.au, fifteen hundred to be on domain on top of that, and then I don't know, five hundred to be on Homely or Real Estate View or whoever. Does it work like that? Do they all work with all the portals? How does it typically
1: split? It depends where you are in the market. So in some parts of the market where realestate.com.au is the dominant player, take uh somewhere like Queensland, for example you're probably only advertising on realestate.com.au. Other parts of the market, say uh, Sydney, western suburbs of Sydney, eastern suburbs of Sydney, sorry, it's probably a good example. You're going to be on domain, which is stronger there, or used to be stronger there, haven't checked the numbers in the last few years, um, and realestate.com.au, and maybe homely. But then you're selling a house that's probably worth $3 million, $4 million. So if you're going to spend $20,000 on advertising, to to promote it, it's worth it because if you can get $3.2 million, um, then it works very well. Now, the other thing that you, you have to understand about the Australian market that works to the advantage of the portals is that there's a lot of auctions of property. So in many markets around the world, auctioning a property is seen as what you do when you can't sell it through any other way, right? It's almost like the distress sale. Approach in Australia, flip it. Auctioning a property for um, my guess is probably about a third of the market is the primary way of selling, and every auction has a very distinct cycle it's a four week cycle. So, you're advertising over a four week period leading up to an auction. The auction is either going to be at the property, so at 10 o'clock in the morning on a Saturday in Melbourne, you will see people lined up standing around the front of a property and there will be an auctioneer a real estate agent with the with the contract of sale in his hands going this property's for sale um we're taking bids from one million dollars please yes there's a million dollars from the gentleman over there there's a $1 million 1.1 $1. 1. 1. do we have to have 1.2 and so on They're, they'll literally auction the property off in what happens of the if uh,
0: what happens if you're walking home a bit worse for wear and you happen, you know, you've been out all of Friday. You happen to walk past one of these, uh, no. and you just randomly you to, shout out one point two million.
1: How binding is that? It's not because you have to register for the auction. So what happens okay. is the auction's at ten o'clock, and they've got someone sitting there, and they're registering people. So you become a, you have to be a legitimate okay bidder. And I don't think too many people are that worse for wear that they're stupid enough to spend one point two million, and no one's going to hold them to it anyway. In Sydney, they do it slightly differently. They'll do it in a big room and they'll do multiple auctions one after another and put pictures on the wall of the property that they're selling. But that auction market leads to an outcome where you go to the vendor, the person selling the home saying, for four weeks, we want to advertise really hard this home because we want to get people there to bid. And by the way, if you don't advertise it hard, you may not get that extra little bid that will will be, you know, as long as the bid's $10,000 more, you've paid for all your marketing costs. So Hmm. everything sort of works in this very nice ecosystem. And what REA has done, and Domain, Homely, Real Estate View, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, and there's been a bunch of portals over time, is they're tapping into what is an existing system and process. And that's really what where the money is is created and that's why when people look at uh, realestate.com.au or domain and they say i'm going to be like them one day you know that they don't understand the fundamental model or the fundamental market dynamics that those businesses are operating if i could just jump in there um hemnet and sweden
2: quite similar actually um francesca told me that it's a market that's operated mainly with open house viewings. And what Hemnet did was they developed a multi-tier system where if you, the the vendor, pay more money, you will get more visibility on the portal, um, around the web, for example. And obviously that means more eyes seeing the property listing, right? But not only that, but you're also increasing the chance of it being a high quality pair of eyes who is very interested in the thing. So what happens is that, you go to the open house and there are more and more people there and what you find is that somebody who has invested that extra money into a high quality very visible listing is actually more likely to start a bidding war for their property and the vendors actually realize that maybe there is value in paying extra in your marketing to get that extra visibility and and The the, the statistic that that Francesca told me was that around half of buyers or sellers, sorry, in Sweden are now upgrading their listings to get more visibility because it's a sensible investment as opposed to just being a cost for them. If I spend more, I'm going to get a higher sale price.
1: Yeah. And that, Harvey, that makes a lot of sense. But here's the rub. If we take, people search by suburb, right? I'm going to live in suburb X. If everyone in that suburb upgrades their listing, if no one upgrades and everyone upgrades, it's the same outcome, okay? And this is where it works to the portal's advantage. So that's why if, if we go back in time, uh, someone like uh, realestate.com.au, we had standard listings and we had um, premium, oh, platinum listings, I can't remember what they're called nowadays, okay, platinum listings, and they were just bigger ads with better branding. For the for the agents, now what happened is that we found and we would charge fifty dollars or a hundred dollars per listing. So you went from a all you can eat subscription to then a pay per property, right? To upgrade them, and then when we started to get pages one two three four filled with those premium subscriptions or premium properties, we would then create a super premium, which is at three hundred dollars. And then you can create a super, super premium and super, 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 and so on and so on and so on. And all you're really doing is finding a way to upsell the pixels on the first page and the second page. And as long as you do that, you can then end up in a world where now on, on, on realestate.com.au, you're paying thousands and thousands, seven, $8, nine ten thousand $10,000 to be the very first listing for a page. And that's just purely by ensuring that below it are all these other, Um, upgraded listings. So when you don't upgrade, you go not back one page, but you can go back 10 pages in the search results. So that's sort of how this all works nicely over time to create this ecosystem where it just keeps pushing the price up and up and up. And that's why you start to see these hockey stick outcomes as there's more and more demand and people are seeing that their listings are not on the first page or the second page. And you say to them, but it's only $50, $100, $500 to upgrade. Go talk to your vendor and get them to write the check to make it happen. We'll be back shortly with
0: more on vendor paid markets after a quick message about a very important event. So, Simon, who have we got coming to Property Portal Watch Bangkok this year?
1: Fantastic, Ed Harvey. Um, we're going to have a great conference. We've got uh, REA coming. We've got REA India, which is Housing. dot uh, com, Macan, uh, Prop Tiger. We've got uh, Domain coming from Australia, which would be good. Um, so we hear about uh, you know how they're uh, tackling the market uh, down there. We've got uh, large players from the region like Jui, IQI, um, DCG, which is the the, the uh, Digital Classifieds Group, who now have market leaders in uh, Indonesia and Philippines and uh, and so on, and Ringier. Uh, just to name a few they're just a few off the top of my head that who are coming you know it'd be a great turnout great speakers all sharing you know views uh, information around the real real important topic of the next generation of prop tech and uh, property marketplaces so i hope people come
0: all right so great content then what about the rest of it harvey you're getting to go to bangkok this year what are you looking forward to
1: Oh, it's my first
2: time. I can't wait. Um, the thing I'm looking forward to is that PropTech Startup Day on the, I think it's the day before the conference on the 12th. Yep, on the 12th. I'm going to definitely head down there and see what kind of companies are coming down there. Maybe try and snap a couple of interviews because that's where I'm interested in. I'm, I'm looking at the new models, the new data sets, the new ideas that are coming in, new generation
1: of business leaders. That's where I'm going to be 12th of March. Fantastic. I look forward to seeing you both there, uh, 12th, 13th, 14th of March in Bangkok. Um, be there or miss out on finding out what's happening in the future of the next generation prop tech and property portal marketplaces. And where should people go if they want to get tickets and, uh, and have a very, look at who's coming? Very, very simple. www.ppwbangkok24.com. www.ppwbangkok24.com.
0: You heard it, people. Head there and get your tickets now. So we've established they're really great for portals, these vendor paid markets, but how did they end up being vendor paid markets? How come Australia and Sweden work like this, but you know, Norway and New Zealand don't? What was the is there like a, a moment it all happened this way, or did it naturally just come about because regulators didn't step in, or what
1: happened? Well, there's, there's no need for regulators. This goes back to newspapers. This is way, way before the internet, in Australia at least. So if you go back 30, 40, probably 50 years, I'm not even sure how long, um, and it started in uh, leafy green suburbs, so those expensive suburbs, and you had real estate agents saying, well, why instead of me charging you 3%, why don't I charge you 2% or whatever the number is, and you pay for the advertising. And that works for the agent because the agent goes, if I don't sell the property, I don't want to be stuck with the advertising bill.
0: But they do pay on top, don't they? So am I right in thinking that uh, the agent pays like a basic just membership fee to be on realestate.com.au and then any kind of extra visibility money comes from the vendor? Is that right?
1: Yes. But what, what the agent does is the agent will give you a marketing plan. And the marketing plan says, um, uh, in the newspaper, um, a signboard out the front, um, a premium properties on REA, premium property on Domain, um, and so on. And then it'll have a fee at the bottom that like used to, which which is a um, like a advertising fee or a marketing fee or a creative fee, right? Which is for taking the photos for. Um, yeah, you know, creating you know the the uh, the website images and so on, and in that okay. if you add all those together, it pays for the agent's fee anyway. And we know, historically speaking, because um, the question is here: yeah, well, why don't agents just make a big profit out of all of this? Right, be the bit the logical question, and the answer is they used to. I, I know of agents in Melbourne that I would absolutely swear that we were paying for their Mercedes Benz. Okay. Where they were passing on our costs, because in those days we were charging. If we go way, way back, we were charging 150 dollars for all your listings, two hundred and fifty, which is nothing, right? In today's, yeah, you know, when you look at the, the the average revenue per office that's spent nowadays, but we know that they were then, because if you because the, the the rub is, I charge an agent two hundred and fifty all your listings they then have to break that amongst their listing. So they create a web web marketing fee of $500 that they put on top of their advertising bill. So you've got 30 properties at $500 each. You know, before you know it, you've got $15,000 and you're only paying REA and domain combined $500. Well, what am I going to do with the profit? Now, that is a very... Um, that's how it used to work. And clearly... When you're charging on a per listing basis, you can't do that because it's got to be it's ten it's got to be clearly passed through and you can't mark it up because the, the you know legally they're not allowed to do that so nowadays it's far more transparent in how those fees get passed through to the advertiser
0: okay, so we have established that vendor paid markets are great for portals and it sounds like they're pretty good for agents as well, maybe not so much vendors. The next logical question is, well, why don't they exist everywhere? Which brings us on to the second piece of news that has happened this week. Um, Irish regulatory authorities have stepped in to basically uh, ban Daft.ie, which is the market leader in Ireland, from uh, giving agents discounts on their subscription packages for, in turn, promoting uh, Daft's vendor-paid product to vendors right so backstory on this daft.ie is um, the market leader in ireland it's half owned by out half owned by the founders and back in 2021 they started this vendor paid advertising product where basically agents have always paid to be on the on daft just listed on daft members on daft they would continue to do so but they could if they wanted extra visibility for their listings they could pass on the costs to the vendor, right? Now, this is, as far as I know, just about the only kind of attempt from a real estate portal outside of Australia and Sweden to kind of do this, to get into the vendor's wallet. Um, And in return for, you know, uh, having this product um, and having the agents be the marketing for this product, they were giving their agents um, basically a discount on on their membership fees. And this week, well, not this week, actually. I'll be, I'll be honest, I actually missed this one. This happened last year and I found it this week. Um, last year, towards the end of last year, the regulatory authority stepped in and said, "Daft, you can't do this anymore. Do you think, firstly, that this might happen? In, we might see this in other markets. It seems to me like a real um, win-win for portals.
1: Uh, this is not the first attempt. Right move did this. Yeah, I've heard, in... that. I've heard that, but I can't find any evidence of it. Oh, uh, yeah. No, this happened back in well, 2010, 2011, maybe. I can't remember exactly when it was now. It's uh, been too many years, uh, but a long time ago. And what, what they would do is on each listing, I remember they did this as a trial in uh, part of the country. And if I remember correctly, what they did was on each listing, they added a button which said, upgrade this listing okay so if you're the, clearly that uh, if i'm not if i'm just a viewer i'm not going to upgrade the listing but if i'm the homeowner i i could click on the button and i could for a fee upgrade the listing right so it's self-paid this process but in the process what they said was um you if you can pay i'll make up the numbers 100 pounds and you can upgrade this listing or for 80 pounds, you can pay 80 pounds if you go and buy it through your real estate agent. So what they did was the other way around. They weren't offering a discount to the real estate agent, but they were um, enhancing the brand of the agent. The agent is your friend. The agent's going to get you a discount through this process. Um, that initiative, um, as far as I can, t- well, they clearly don't do it, so it failed. And, it, and and I think if I was to boil down why did it fail is portals around the world work best when they operate within the current paradigm of how you buy and sell real estate. If you understand the culture, you understand how things occur, and you sort of ride the wave, okay, then you'll make money. Just do it better do it smarter um, and so on when you try to change behavior that's when you come up against a brick wall because people are creatures of habit they just don't want to pay if you've never if you come from a market where you never pay for something getting you to pay for something is really hard super hard okay which is why freemium models only have a seven to Ten percent take-up rate of the of the premium of the premium product, right? Of the of the of the premium part of the premium product is because most people don't want to pay for stuff. In the process, they'll find a way around it, or they'll say to the agent in this case, "I'm, I'm already paying you two percent commission if you sell the property. This property is going to sell for five hundred pounds. You're going to get your ten thousand pound check. Um, I expect you to market the property as part of the offer." That's what you're doing, right? That's the risk you take to get the 2%, or in England, 1% of the outcome. So I think it's very hard to go from a non-vendor paying market to a vendor paying market and have it stick. You have to find a way to to, um, change a culture, and that's super hard to do. So I think, you know, we're, we're fortunate we can look at places like Sweden and, and Australia, but they're outliers in the whole process, like an MLS. Right? You, you don't, why aren't you seeing MLSs everywhere? Because the answer is, it's a cultural thing. It works well in the US, Canada, I think Japan, but not many other markets. Do you have MLSs? And it's not like they're emerging every day because a market sort of operates the, market operate, the way the market operates
0: okay quick straw poll harvey would you pay extra let's say you're selling your house would you pay extra for extra visibility yes or no
2: it's a really interesting question it's difficult to answer yes or no but i think if the incentive is there and if i'm going to be making more money off the sale price of my property than the amount i'm investing into market then absolutely i'm going to do it I'm not sure if anyone can guarantee that that's going to be the case, and that's why I'd be a bit reticent to to, to pay my own cash to sell my property.
0: Okay. Um, in my case, again hypothetical,
2: I think I probably would
0: as well. Uh, Simon, in your case, probably not so theoretical. What would? No, I wouldn't. <laughs> and I'll
1: tell you What's what. What's your
0: attitude towards paying extra to get extra visibility?
1: No, I think, if you're I think the vendor, it, I think it's. Um, I think the the problem is that. We teach, everyone has learned that if you're not on the first page of Google, you're not relevant. Okay? Think of it that basically. Yet, if I'm selling a home, okay, so let's talk about home sales and we'll talk about rentals, two separate markets. If I'm selling a home, uh, I'm not selling it in 10 minutes. It's going to take two or three months to do. It's, there's a process to it, right? It takes a while to find a buyer. And if I'm buying a home, I don't go and do a search. I search in the suburb of Richmond. There's a Richmond, England. There's Richmond, in Australia. There's Richmonds everywhere, okay? And I don't buy the house at the top of the search.
2: Well, I don't buy the house
1: at the top of the search. I'm, I'm buying a home. I'm going to spend probably 80% of my net worth, right? <laughs> I'm probably going to take out a loan for 80% of the value of the home. I'm going to go through a long search process that could take three months. If I'm doing that, I'm going to be going through every property on a website that meets my requirements. Whether it's a very large flashing ad at the top or whether it's a much smaller ad at the bottom, I'm probably going to see it. And I'm probably going to use the filter function. I'm going to say, show me the newest properties first. I'm going to do whatever I have to take to understand what the market looks like. That's your average buyer who is spending a vast sum of their own personal wealth on a property. Therefore, as the home seller, am I going to truly get a better result by being at the top? No, I don't think so. There might be an argument, and I think a slight argument, around an auction market because it's all about that you know, not a sale process that may take three months, but a sale process that's pushed to a day, but I'm not convinced that there is a, there's really true value. But I think, and, and in the rental market, it's forget, it, right? Because if you're renting, there's so much demand, why would I pay extra? As soon as I've got something to rent, I shove it up and it's all price driven. Just because I spent an extra $500 putting it to the top of the search is irrelevant. It's not because there's an oversupply of rental properties and an under-demand under, uh, under demand for it. So I think these portals are making a lot of money um, selling a product that at the end of the day, if it didn't exist, I don't think it would change the underlying market dynamics much at all. It's just there'll be okay. money sitting in seller's pockets.
0: Okay, gents, I think we've probably generated enough jealousy in... Um... Every, every other real estate portal listening to this that's not located in Sweden or Australia, um, they're probably absolutely green with envy by the end of listening to this. We'll leave it there for today. Uh, Simon, Harvey, thank you very much for joining me. And uh, until next time.
1: Okay. Thank you very much, Ed. Thanks, Ed. Thanks, Harvey.